What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Chaos Theory Podcast. This is your co-host, Ivan Nguyen, a.k.a. Kinetic. And, of course, I got my training partner, partner in crime, Kenneth Chaos Villalobos. Take it away, brother. What is happening, guys? Yo, it's been three long months, brother. Yeah, we've gotten since, a lot of requests, to since, be honest with you. <laughs> since the lockdown uh, episode that we had, which was amazing, by the way. Yeah. Shout-outs to Locke for, Thank uh, you, for taking part. Thank you, Lockdown, for that. We're not going to waste any time, brother. We have a lot to cover, mm-hmm. and I definitely want to get into this as soon as possible. So let's, uh, let's kick things off with a quick announcement. I recently made partner on uh, on youtube congratulations man. thanks brother. well thanks. earned <laughs> so now that ad that ad revenue is going to start kicking in bro <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted to give a quick thank you to everyone who uh, tuned into the youtube channel everyone who shared subscribed liked all that good stuff um i appreciate you guys i love you all and i hope to um continue to captivate as only i can in the marvel 2 community <laughs> and thank you everybody for also the feedback and the comments um you know, we read through all of them, and it's it's been a it's been a very humbling experience. So I'm sure both of us are very happy with that. Yeah, definitely. So just to kind of give everyone a recap on what's been going on the past three months, um, the last time that I uh, made a post on the YouTube channel regarding uh, community related topics, I posted about the New York Invitational that Chris Matrix hosted. Um, I didn't get the W, unfortunately. We're going to get into that. Um, I did kind of take a break after coming back. Uh, part of that was uh, due to me catching COVID. I did catch COVID out there while I was in New York. And luckily, I recovered. It took me a couple of weeks to kind of get back into 100% shape. For sure. But uh, we're back. We're ready. And I am ready to get back into producing that content that you guys love. So, Or most <laughs> of you, at least. Um, so let, let's talk about the tournament before I get into, get into the origins. The New York tournament was uh, held at Revival, uh, New York. I got third place, as everybody knows uh, by now. Um, I did want to address the loss that I took over there. Um, I did get third place. I lost to Josh360 in the winner's bracket, and then I lost to Justin Salvador, just amazing, who I had never played before. And it was definitely a learning experience. Um, First and foremost, the vibes were amazing, bro. Everyone was respectful. Everyone was was uh chill they were they were happy to have me there it was great a couple things that kind of held me back regarding that loss first of all um i didn't listen to the advice that some of the guys gave me regarding the fight stick yeah yeah tell I us had, a little more about i had recently replaced the buttons with uh the gold chrome sanwa buttons which were they look great, but they weren't of the, of the greatest quality. Right. So I noticed that I w- they weren't as responsive, I guess you could say. Yeah. Whatever, man. I mean, an L is an L. Yes, of course. But So the first thing I did when I got back was get rid of those buttons. I switched back to traditional uh, Sanwa, and now we're good to go. <clears throat> fight stick fight stick maintenance is super important, as, as you guys know. You want to make sure that if you're playing at high level, if you have a money match, a tournament, whatever, you got to make sure that you're equipment is top-notch because at the end of the day it's nobody's fault but your own yes so that's so that's just an l that i have to hold as far as tournament goes which is fine you know a lot of people love it uh some hate it but it is what it is man we got to move on uh the airbnb we did have an airbnb out there which is pretty much a salty suite Uh, all of all of the east coast guys most of them showed up uh and it was dude it was great man good food good vibes uh good games um what I did come to come to realize was that I feel like now 
I'm more acclimated to long sets. The first of 10s, the first of 15s. I, I want to say that now I am, am expected to lose to players that I've never played before, uh-huh. especially in the beginning because I... I don't know their habits. I don't. Know, I don't know their patterns. Their tendencies. Their tendencies. Yeah. So yeah. it takes, it takes a little while. Um, definitely more than a two out of three to kind of learn, learn that player and how he moves and how he yeah. deals in certain situations. Right. And once the download is complete, then you know it's it's kind of a wrap. So, just amazing did did take me out of the tournament, but I did end up getting more wins on him. Yeah. Uh, throughout the the Airbnb session and all that. Yeah. He did give me one set for uh, first the very first first to five set that he that we played. He did beat me 5 to 3, I believe. I was using Matrix. Yeah. And then I beat him afterwards uh, in another first to five and then I 5 owed him after the tournament. So, he's definitely a good player. Uh he reminds me a lot of Abs. Yeah. West Coast Abs. Yeah, which which I'm going to talk about in a little bit, but yeah. He, it's kind of like the the East Coast version of of Abs. Yeah. And if you know him, you know that he has a very aggressive Santhrax team. Yep. And that's exactly what Justin brings to the table. Um I did want to give a shout out to Chris Matrix uh for putting the event on, organizing it, uh having me out there, Gcon for providing the the stream during the Airbnb sessions. That's right, he did. And of course to Donut uh for bringing setups, Dreamcast, uh a lot of these guys really took one for the team. As far as equipment, stream, and all that, I did want to thank you guys. I love you all, and uh, thanks for having me out there. Now, that's awesome. Moving on to Evo twenty twenty two, Evolution Got a is lot of hot news, man. Yeah, so Evolution is coming back after two years. After two years of online tournaments, uh, it's it's finally coming back to in person format. Uh, it's going to be held August fifth through the seventh at the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. Uh, it's the very first in-person event since 2019, and there's a lot of controversy yes. over what's been going on with the event in general in terms of management and direction. And I just wanted to give you guys a quick backstory on that. Uh, it should have. So first of all, Evo 2020 should have taken place uh, that year at the Mandalay Bay Resort, but as we all know, the pandemic hit. Which we were co- hoping that you know all of us, I think at the time, we were hoping that uh, it wouldn't get canceled. Like so many of us were like concerned, right, over the over over COVID and what was going to happen, and especially because that year was supposed to be, you know, the um, the top eight for all the Marvel Titans being in place. And, and bro, like that, that year was supposed to be my year, man. It was yeah. supposed to be the year. It was coming that I, I would have qualified for the the eight man Invitational Correct. Tournament of Champions. Correct. And it was my year to just blast through everybody. Uh, everyone was anticipating me playing against uh, Mendoza. Yep. And unfortunately, everything was kind of put on the back burner because of COVID. So we kind of had to move on from that. Um, so Evo opted for an online tournament format because people couldn't play in person, which was, right. I mean, controversial on its own. Yeah. Um, and then Mr. Wizard, <laughs> the, the CEO, Joey, he was, uh, I guess he was taken out, right? Yeah, he, no. he was fired. He, he was, was let go from the company yes. due to alleged uh, charges of sexual misconduct. No, yeah, so, it was a very hot and controversial. Yeah, so it was a big, happened. it was a big mess. Uh, yes. An interim CEO was put in place, and then uh, a lot of the the publishers that were involved, like Capcom, Bandai, NetherRealm, they all decided to kind of pull out Take from the event. Take their name out of the hat. Yeah, too much. Uh, that was just bad PR. Yeah, exactly. Now, now 
2021 in March, uh, they announced that they had been bought out by Sony, which was right. a very big, very big move. Everyone was thinking, well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen with uh, the consoles right. that people, I mean, people use Xbox consoles or, or so on and so forth. Um, so they kind of had to figure all that out. And now it's it's back. It's back at the Manly Bay. So it's it's going to be... It's going to be interesting because on the website now, Marvel 2 is back on as an official event. Yeah. So Evolution is going to provide a tournament organizer. So it, it's being considered on the actual lineup, I guess. I mean, at least in my eyes, if yeah. it's if it's a tick box that you can check off. Yeah. Then on, that's got to mean. Yeah. That's... Then that means that it's got to it's this isn't like a side tournament, right? It's about as official as it gets, honestly. So, so now we're back. Now, because of the buyout, a lot of people were kind of, myself included, we were a little hesitant about jumping on board because of the fees. Now, to give you guys a little bit of history on this, um, starting 2012, Evolution started charging what was called a spectator fee. So before that year, I mean, this is an event that's been running since uh, 96, I believe. It was called uh, Battle of the Bay. Yeah. And then in, in 2002, it was rebranded as Evolution. Yep. And it was free to spectate. So if you wanted to show up to the convention, you could. You could just grab a seat, grab something to drink, and then you could watch, you know, all the top players play it out. Right. If you wanted to join a tournament, then, of course, you would pay the, the tournament fee. Starting 2012, they started uh, adding spectator fees. They yep. thought, hey, all these people that are walking in and spectating, we might as well make some money off of that. <laughs> so I took the liberty of obtaining uh, a list of the the fees that were charged over the years. One of my buddies, uh, Efren, um, did his due diligence <laughs> and, and got and put this list together for us uh, based off of his experience because he's, he's attended every year. So it, it started at a $10 fee. And that ten dollar fee in two thousand twelve got you the badge and a free T shirt. Yep. Okay. Two thousand thirteen, they bumped it up to twenty dollars. So we about doubled the price now. Yeah. Twenty fourteen, they brought it up to forty dollars. Double the price one more time. Double that on that. Now, now twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen, that it was still forty dollars, but that's when they started doing. If I'm not mistaken, that's when they started doing the early registration and then late registration. Right. So if you waited to pay on site, it was if I'm not mistaken, it was like sixty dollars or sixty five at the door. Yep. Which is still. Uh, no, it was starting to sting a lot. Kind of ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Now twenty seventeen, they bumped it up to fifty seven dollars. You still get your free T shirt. Okay. <laughs> twenty eighteen was forty two dollars, but guess what? You don't get a shirt anymore. Took Not, the shirt away. They took the shirt away. I mean, it just wasn't really that great of quality anyway, right? Right. Like, pro club or like triple <laughs> A, you know, the five for 10 t-shirts. Triple A is actually garbage. Man. <laughs> now, if you fast forward to 2022, the early bird registration after taxes and fees, it's $84. That's insanity. Just to be a spectator. Now, now, that doesn't include you entering... Any tournaments. If you want to play Street no, Fighter just, Five, it's literally for you just get into the door, just to get in, just and watch. get in. Yeah. So if you want to play Street Fighter Five, Mortal Kombat, guess what? It's another twenty dollars, twenty five, whatever the the fee was. Right. I mean, Marvel Two, the fee was twenty dollars, twenty one something with uh, taxes and fees, whatever. Yeah. So I waited until normal registration, and it cost me a hundred and ten dollars. <laughs> and then on top of that. If you want like a custom badge, you know the oh that's right, the you lanyard could have, you have a with lanyard the, with like the acrylic with your, with your own gamer tag or whatever. Yeah, it's another ten that you go buy. Yep, another ten dollars. <laughs> the T-shirt now is like twenty five dollars. Starting to nickel and dime you at every yeah. Can. 
So, so a lot of us in the community, we were thinking that a, a better alternative w- uh, would be to just get an Airbnb. Get an Airbnb that's big enough to house a bunch of us, and we would hold our own tournament. But then that was shot down because we were thinking of uh, people that would, wouldn't be able to find it or people that would be late. Like, it, it would have been too much trouble to hold a tournament on our own Yeah, because you can't organize. Like, if history yeah. has shown, <laughs> our community is very unorganized when it comes to uh, punctuality. Oh, absolutely. Uh, people miss their flights. Flights are being delayed. Uh, I mean, it's happened to me. I've shown up late to tournaments. So we decided, you know what, let's bite the bullet and let's let's do this thing. It's the first year under the Sony moniker. So let, let's see. Let's see what happens. Right. Yep. And so, it's one of those things like uh, we talk about <laughs> our almost like complete complacency when it comes to like just showing up on time for the tournaments. Um, if <laughs> it's bound to happen, you rest assured it will happen in terms of like how late they would be. And, you know, it was, it was just one of those things that we, we kind of knew when you wanted to organize your own tournament um, to get everyone to be there and to be there on time. is just it's just a very difficult thing to get all the logistics straight. And if you guys, that's a very good point. <laughs> and if you guys are still thinking about going to the tournament, just so you know, the registration fee now is one hundred and forty-five dollars. <laughs> this isn't. We're now in the in the stages of late registration. Now, how much it's going to cost at the door? Oh, that's even. I more. couldn't tell you. Yeah. Now, what this fee covers? It covers Friday and Saturday. Only. You, you don't even get tickets to the finals. Okay. Now, if you want to attend Evo Finals, you need to buy a separate ticket for that since it's it's at a different venue. Yeah. It's just a business now. Yep. You know, we, we kind of strayed away from the, the passion of the fighting game community, and now it's... Uh, They've monetized this. Yeah, they have. Yeah, it's as unfortunate. But can. we're going we're gonna to do our best, guys. Um, I'm definitely going to be in shape for this. I'm going to practice. My equipment is going to be top-notch. Uh, we're definitely going to be ready for this. So it's going to be, once again, August 5th through the 7th at Mandalay Bay. I'll shoot the link uh, in the descriptions if in case you want to register. And that's it for that, brother. Now let's get back to your boy's origins. Here okay. we go. Here we <laughs> the go. juicy bits, man. The juicy, juicy content you crave. <laughs> so do me a favor, guys. Um, turn off the lights, okay? Uh, turn off the uh, the Wi-Fi, okay? Uh, you need to run this on mobile data. <laughs> uh, grab yourself a kid's cuisine that you have in the fr- I know you have some in the freezer. <laughs> grab a kid's cuisine and throw it on. Okay, make sure you puncture the film. Before you microwave it, <laughs> grab a Capri Sun. Oh my goodness! And get a Capri ready. Sun too. Get, yeah, it's got to be the Pacific Cooler. That's the best one, honestly. The best flavor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you can't beat that. You can't go wrong. <laughs> and get ready for a ride. So the last time that we left off, uh, as far as my story, I had just lost to Blockable Laser Wes, okay, Wes and yeah. I talked about how the Chaotic One era had finished. I had this big buildup as a contender and as the next big thing and it all came to a screeching halt because Wes just totally whooped my ass. He did. And as I mentioned, him and I, we had a heart-to-heart talk afterwards and he kind of took me under his wing and gave me some real-life advice yeah. on how to carry myself and it really played a factor into who I am today. Really admirable of him. Absolutely. That was re- that was pretty much the end of, uh, I want to say, fall of 2009. Yeah. As 2010 came around, uh, I continued to run through local competition. Like nothing changed as far as my involvement in the community. A lot of people thought that I was going to disappear, that I, was, I wasn't I was going to show my face again. Right. 
And that was further from the truth. I felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. Okay, I don't have to do this chaotic one shtick anymore. So all that stuff to do is just play. Yeah. So I continued to play, and I was still leveling up. Uh, I, I was still receiving backlash from the from what I did as chaotic one. You know, I'd be at people the arc- were still holding on to that. Yeah, yeah. I, I would still be at the arcade, and people would make comments here and there, like, "Oh, don't make me call Wes." Really? Or, uh, oh, you can. Oh, why couldn't you play like that when you played against Wes? Kind of deal. Wow. He owns your soul. Like they, they were just making all these comments, and you know, I had a, I had a eat crow basically, yeah. right? Because of that, um, it's just one of those things that I had to deal with. Whatever. Yeah. I was still going to show up. I was still going to put my quarter up and level up as as best as I could. I'm gonna let that stop you. Yeah. Yep. I did need to make adjustments to my gameplay because of that. Now. Going from playing a casual in a, in a casual setting to a high money match situation, you have to make those adjustments. So, can you speak a little bit more like specifics as to what kind of adjustments that you? Well, were I, I was a, I was a very flashy, what's called a flashy player. Right. I was doing a lot of unnecessary moves to that, that were pleasing to the eye, I guess you could say, but they weren't winning any matches. They looked great on the screen, but. It was to get the the, the crowd hype. And, yeah, it was know, it was yeah. a lot of high exertion, high execution movement. Yeah, um, you know, like like reflying when I, when I could have just short short rocket punch into death or something like that. Right, and it was costing me matches, so I had to go back to be, being instead of being flashy, being efficient. Yeah, and, and finishing my food. Kind of everybody would say that you need to finish your food, and and that's that's an expression that I drilled into my head mm. when I would play local competition, and I was getting better. The guys that were beating me, like Dorian, Regency Rob, uh, even Wes, now I was starting to get the edge over them. And this is just Regency. At Family Fun, I had to deal with guys like Mega Man DS, right? Fnatic, uh, Finesse. Finesse was there. Yeah, I was catching catching up to them to where now if if I wasn't going head-to-head with them, I was beating them in sets. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was beating them in sets. That's awesome. And the, the money match... The money match uh, stipulations were still there to kind of keep things enticing. You know, we were right. still doing okay. I'll play. I'll play you for ten bucks. I'll pay. I'll play you for twenty dollars. And we would run sets. Sometimes I would lose, right? Right. And I wouldn't see these guys for a week because we would play on Fridays, right? <laughs> so if if you lost, dude, that was a long drive home, man. You'd drive home thinking about damn. And you would reflect on everything. Yeah, yeah, and then you would see it on the forums. Yep. You know, people were saying, oh, chaos isn't that good. He's not ready for the big leagues. Kind of, I had to just, I had to deal with it. And I took it on a very personal level. Right. You know, like I said, I was still, I, I had already given up the chaotic one persona, but I was still hungry for competition and kind of beating myself up if, if I wasn't performing at the level that I wanted to. You know what I mean? We are, are honestly our worst critics ourselves, so. I was I was the worst critic, yeah. dude. Oh, yeah. To, to myself. Yeah, I think just the type of people that we are, like me and you, can especially. Uh, we definitely reflect a lot on like, on things and uh, tend to give it a lot more thought than you know just, you know, most people I would suppose. And just you're, I think it just naturally comes with um, when you're really competitive about something and really passionate about something, you're gonna be hard on yourself. So just happens. Dude, I fucking hated myself, man. And and it yeah. was, and it would reflect on everybody around me. Yeah. Like my girlfriend at the time, I. I wouldn't want to hang out with her. She would want to do things, and it was the same thing. I would say, you know what? I'm just not. I'm not in the mood. I'm. I'm. I'm still focused. I. I felt like I was scratching the ceiling. Like as as chaotic one, I had talked my almost like Conor McGregor, right? Like I had had talked my or Colby Covington. Yeah. 
I had talked my way up to the top, and then I, it, everything just came to a screeching halt because I hit a ceiling, which was playing against a, a top player that I wasn't ready for. Like in this case, it was Wes, right? Right. But I think what helped me out was that Wes became a training partner. Yes. Afterwards, him and I, we found common ground, and we ended up hanging out outside of the arcade. You know, we'd have Dreamcast sessions, and he really helped me work on my my short game and, and my mid game. Uh, what to do in certain situations, when to hit buttons, when not to hit buttons. I was used to playing against people that would... I mean, I was a Magneto player, right? Right. So Magneto is high intensity, high velocity. And when it comes to hitting a reset, I was used to players that would choose to block as opposed to hitting buttons. Players that would choose to mash during a reset. Exactly, right. Mashing, I mean, some uh, your opponent might have inputs that beat out your reset, right? Right. And Wes did that to me during the money match set, which is why I could not reset him because he knew when to hit a button at the right time and interrupt my, my flow. Yeah. And I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you, how do you train for something like that? Yeah. I mean, using roundhouse as an example, a lot of people aren't ready for him because of, because of his style. He, exactly. he loves the scramble yeah. because he knows that if he gets the better end of the stick, he's going to make you pay for that. Yep. Yeah, so that, that's something that I had to learn. And playing Wes really helped me pick my spots a little sort bit more. Sort of own that, yeah. So I, I guess you could say the, the leveling up was still happening. I was still improving. I was still getting better. And that made me more dangerous Yeah. Uh, for for the, the people in the, in the arcade. They still didn't like... I mean, I, I think that we I squashed it with most, most of the, the players. But there were still some that still kind of held like a little bit of contempt. Right. Because of what I did, you know, and we, which is fine. I mean, you can't please everybody. Correct. But when, when it comes to competition and, 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 my, and the way that I was playing, I knew, okay, the guys that were beating me before, they can't hang with me now. Like, I, wonder I, how, I wonder how that must, must have made them feel, like, regarding, like, all the comments that they had made previously. And then now they're starting to see that they, they cannot seem to beat you. Well, before these guys were jumping, were chomping at the bit to play me for money. Hey, let's pay for five bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks. And now, the challenges were they weren't really coming that often anymore. Yeah, I mean, unless it was high level guys that still that felt that they still had an edge on me, like Fnatic, oh, fucking dirtbag, uh, Mega Man <laughs> DS. Um, Finesse never really challenged me. He 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 played more for the love of the game. Uh, him and I never really, never really got to money match. That's cool. Um, so 2010 was kind of like a fresh start for me. Uh, when Evolution came around, Evo 2010, it was the last year for Marvel 2, as you remember. Yeah. Uh, Marvel 3 was on the horizon. We knew that uh, they were about to to launch, launch right? the game. They were going to launch yeah. the game the following year. Right. So Evo 2010, uh, it, it was held on the PlayStation 3 console. I don't know why they did that, man. Like, that's one of the things that I always felt like just in hindsight was just a bad move. Like, why would you just, why on the last year would you decide to to put it on on PS3 when you knew that it always ran better on Dreamcast? And, and the whole community embraced Dreamcast anyway. It was a risky move, man. Because you're talking, you're talking about uh, players that had a, a sticks specifically designed for Dreamcast, yes. right? And now you got to switch over to everyone was using, I believe, a the Japanese T, stick, the or something. stick, a TE, yeah, at the time. And if you're and if you're used to American, right. now you got to move over to. I mean, I, I would know more than anybody what it's like to switch over to Japanese stick, right? Right. And so it threw a lot of people off, uh, but I wasn't able to go. 
to Evo 2010. I had just been promoted at work. Uh, I was working a sales job. I had been promoted to trainer. Yeah. And it was just too soon for me to get time off. The company wasn't really big on on uh, vacation requests, PTO. right? Especially short notice. Yeah. So I missed out. Um, Justin Wong won the final Evo, right, against uh, Sanford. Yeah. He beat him in grand finals. And for me, I had this feeling of missing out. I felt like I had I was already starting to dominate all of the local competition, but yeah. I hadn't really tested myself against the next level of guys, the Sanfords, the Smooth Vipers, the I mean Sue Mighty was already was already on his way out, right? Yeah. Finesse wasn't really coming around that much anymore. Um I had already beaten everybody from Regency, James Games. Uh so the the next level was obviously Wong, Sanford, Yipes, right? Right. And the only way that I was going to get to play these guys was at Evolution. Yeah. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have any relationship with them where I could say, "Hey, hey, I'm coming up to, you know, I'm going to New York. Uh, you right. guys want to get some games in?" Like it wasn't like that. Yeah. Plus, they had other, they had other games that they were playing. Sanford was heavily invested in uh, Street Fighter Four, SF4. Yep. right? Justin Wong was playing other games. Um, it was just a, a timing, a mistiming of of me not getting the days off and shit like that. Right. So I missed out, dude. Whatever. Now, 2010 was the year that I really got into it with Neo. And this is a big chunk. This is a big chunk of my history because Neo was like the the antithesis to chaos. He he played Santhrax, which is a team that's very, very defensive, um, requires pinpoint accuracy at times. Uh, f- very footsie oriented um, uh, capitalizes a lot high damage uh, punishes um, high damage counter hits fishing a lot of fishing for hits um, you don't really see as many aggressive sandthrackers but I mean the beauty of the team is it's able to play both offense and defense if needed absolutely yeah but he was more of a defensive player but he He's was always definitely been more defensive counter he, yeah. he, he, considers, he considers his style to be Floyd Mayweather-esque, yeah. right? Yeah. And I was still playing MSS. I'm a one-trick pony. Right. I'm a I'm a one team for everything. I'm like ketchup. I go on everything, right? <laughs> so we hadn't duked it out yet. I knew of him. I had heard of him. But we had never really crossed, crossed paths. Yeah. He was... Him and I were on a similar path. If you're a wrestling fan and, and you remember The Rock versus Stone Cold at um, oh, yeah. 2001... Uh, WrestleMania 17, it was, it was like our our paths were going to cross eventually. We yeah. just didn't know when. Yeah. He was making a name for himself uh, in Bakersfield. He was beating local local competition as well. He would make his way over to Family Fun Arcade FFA with his crew. He had his own crew, just like I did. Yeah. He had uh, Vader. He had Jay Cannon, who who picked uh, Team Milan. Yeah. Uh, Vader, who would play MSP, um, Rotron, stuff like that. So it was almost like my version of Neophase, right? I had Infrit, I had Prodigy. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> it was it, it was crazy because while I was playing the competition here locally, Lakewood, Granada Hills, Upland, he was trying to take out the top players from every vicinity. And not just in casuals or small money matches, he was trying to do long sets, first to 15s. 
he beat the likes of Dorian. I don't know if you remember Dorian. Yeah, I remember Dorian. He was a powerhouse uh, combo fiend player from Regency. Yep. Destroyed him, right? He beat uh, Rudy, Rudy from Texas. Texas Rudy. I think I remember seeing briefly matches of him, but I wasn't. I'm not sure. sure. I'm not sure who he was, but I do know that he, according to Neo, he played him in Texas. He beat him, and then he he also beat Tone in uh, the oh, he finals. Beat Tone. He beat Tone in the finals of uh, whatever tournament they were having out there. Yeah. So wow. just like me, but he's crossing off. He's crossing off people from from the list, right? Right. Uh, and then he beats Wes. First big, of 15. That was a big... That was a big one. Big I, one. I was there in person. And at the time, remember, Wes is like a brother to me now. Yeah. So... We're training together. You guys are much... training together. Yeah. And Neo does what tech. I... He does what I couldn't do. And that's that was like a personal blow to me. Yeah. Personal blow to, to the ego. Yeah. Because it, when you see somebody do what you couldn't accomplish, it's kind of like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. What am I doing wrong here? And I knew reevaluate yourself as a person there. Yeah. And I knew at that moment, okay, I need to take this guy down. Yeah. It's time. It's time. And I I don't remember how I made the call out. It it was probably on um, SRK, but I issued the challenge. We need to do this. We ended up doing a first of 15 for um, $200. And it was hyped up like a mother. Everyone <laughs> was talking about it like... because him and I came very late. We came very late into the into the game, right when it was already on its way out of of the Evo doors. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, the new games were coming out. Street Fighter Four had come out. Every a big chunk of the community moved on to that. To SF Four, yes. And did. then Marvel Three, which we'll get into in just a second, came out, and then and then even more people moved on to that. Yeah. So him and I were like the last. Of what I call the new breed. Yeah. At the time, I, I dubbed him and I as part of the new breed. And when the time came for the, uh, the his streak, right? He started calling it the streak. <laughs> First of 15. 15 games is a lot, man. It's a long set. And, and for people that have not um, experienced that... Um, there's so many micro adjustments that end up being made throughout the set. At one point, you may think that you have the person fully downloaded. And then the, if they're a really high caliber player, they can make an adjustment and completely throw you off your game again. And it makes you reevaluate the matchup once again. So um, and on the top of that, obviously, with the amount of mental stress that you put yourself through, because you have to think about this for potentially almost uh, 30 matches you could go to. So... It's definitely one of those um, mental hurdles that you need to do. So. A mental hurdle is a perfect way to put it. And it makes more sense now than ever why he chose the first of 15 format, which was heavily criticized back in the day. Why do you need so many games? Yeah. Why do you want to sit down and beat a person 15 times? And it makes more sense now than ever because the download needs to happen. And somebody needs to... Somebody needs other. to get it. Yeah, someone is going to get it. So, uh, when beating a person in a race to fifteen, in my opinion, now more than ever, is more credible than beating somebody first to three. Yeah, in a three out of five, or even a first to five. I think. Yeah, I agree. And a lot of people will say, "Well, I mean, in a tournament format, 
everyone's going to have their opinion on it, whatever, but this is how I feel. And I feel like I, I felt this way for a while. It's just that after losing in New York, it I'm, my mind, my mentality was ready for a longer set. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a reason why players like VDO, love love that guy, by the way, but I'll use him as an example. He prefers the first to three money match format. So if you're if you're playing for twenty dollars, he won't do more than three games. Because he knows <laughs> that if it goes longer than that, he's more likely to to have the opponent figure him out. Yeah. Because his team is very And adjust to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The adjustments will be made, right? Yeah. But I agree with Neil that the first to fifteen format or even first to ten I think yeah. Minimum, first to ten, first to fifteen is yeah. is the way to go to to spot. determine whether some one player is better than the other in that specific matchup. Yeah. Um, anywho, moving on. So Neo and I, we uh, we have our what was called the inevitable encounter. That's what the match was called by Strider Zero. Unfortunately, the video got hit with a bunch of copyright strikes, and now it's no longer on YouTube. But what I can tell you is that it was a very intense set, and a very hostile environment because you had Fnatic there. You had all of the Granada Hills guys there. Yeah. And majority of them were going for Neo. So I got to hear all the, all the flack and all the trash talk and all that. And Neo pulls away with uh, 15 wins to my 11 wins. So it wasn't a blowout by any means, Yeah, but I could have done way better. Okay. Now Neo at this time, he had very close relations with a lot of the top players, including Fnatic, which, uh, as much of a dirtbag as he is, right, was still a great asset in terms of being a training partner. Now, my, on my side, like Infrit and Prodigy, although they were good players, they weren't anywhere close to where I was. So steel sharpened steel, right? Right. Unfortunately, I, I didn't have anybody to to really train against. I had Wes... But at the time, Wes was not really, you know, he wasn't really into the game and yeah. and he was doing other things. So I didn't really have a training partner or training partners to kind of prepare me for this. And my stick was already on its last legs. I had a beat up old Moss, you know, <laughs> it, it was just whatever. Anyway, so I had to take that L. Um, what really kind of did me in afterwards was that Neo went on to cement his legacy even further. I was kind of left in the dust, right? Right. I had to take another big L. First to Wes, now to Neo. And Neo, I mean, let's go over his accolades. Uh, he got top five at Seasons Beatings 4, 2009, and uh, Seasons Beatings Redemption in 2010. Yes, he did. Um, he was Sorry. part of the winning team, the Team West Coast, against uh, Speed and Violence. Which I had, remember that. Which Is had, it still uh, on YouTube? Which had Yipes, uh, who was it? Yipes, Desmond... Yeah. In Sanford? In Sanford. Right? Yep. He won the Tournament of yeah, Champions. I believe he had Chris Schmidt, Fnatic, and... Um, it was just him. him. Neo? Yeah. Them three. Yeah. And then he won the Tournament of Champions. He beat uh, Chris Schmidt in the finals. That's right. Yeah. That's right. He did. Not to mention that after beating me, he went on to beat uh, Black Juan. He beat uh, Dara. Project. I mean, he destroyed Dara, right? And then he beat Sumaiti. In a landslide victory. So he did a bunch of... He he was on on a tear, right? Yep. And and inside, I was just... Fuck, that should be me. Yeah. That should be my legacy. That should be my 
list of accomplishments. And because of my situation outside of the game, I mean, I had to take care of business. I had to deal with work and stuff going on at home and my relationship. And, you know, I had to prioritize other things and I couldn't get into fixing my stick. Like it was just a a laundry list of things that kind of held me back a little bit. Yeah, definitely. But later on in 2011, I ended up beating him. In uh, first to ten, like we did a first to five for money, and then we ran it back, and I beat him both sets. Can you speak as to like where this took place? And uh... this this was at a uh, family fun. Okay, family F- fun. FFA. Um, so him and I we played, and it was just us. And I mean, it doesn't hold as much weight as I guess the first to fifteen, right? Right. But for my own personal satisfaction, knowing that I ca- I could take sets off of him, that's that's all I need, right? Yeah. So it, the the wins are subjective depending on whether you're you're on my side or whether you're on Neo's side. <laughs> That's true. But the the fact was, I was able to take sets off of him. Uh, he's a great competitor, bro. Very solid mentality. He's he, when he's on very it. Passionate about the game. He's passionate about the game, and when he's on it, bro, he he's it's very difficult to to stop him. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see if we see him again in top form, because when he's around. When he's not commentating, he'll yeah. play. He'll sit down on the sticks and he'll play. Yeah. I mean, recently he he uh, pimp slapped a serve bot. Um, he, I'm not sure if he beat Roundhouse at Texas Showdown. He beat quite a few guys. I think it. I'm, I don't remember. I don't know. You guys know. are gonna have to clear that up in the comments. But I know that he uh, he he definitely got some wins at Texas Showdown. Um, but anyway, moving on, shout out to Neo, bro. Thanks for being uh, a great opponent. Uh, definitely a, uh, somebody that I, I would call a rival back in the 2010 days. Sure. And he's a great friend today. So shout out to that guy. Uh, moving on to 2011, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 comes out. <laughs> 11 years later, a sequel to Marvel vs. Capcom 2. And we fucking hate it. It was right, absolutely abysmal, Ken. Well, when I say we, I mean I would say like the the really the vast majority. Yeah. Well, if you were somebody that was ready for a new opportunity, if you felt like you couldn't really scratch the the upper echelon of the of the the competition of Marvel Two, then I mean, if I if I was if I was in your shoes, I would do the same thing. Yeah. I would switch to a new game. This was a great opportunity for you to. You know, to put your foot down in a new and reset, right? Start all over. Everybody has a level playing field. You know, you wouldn't have to absolutely. deal with the, the shark tank that is MVC2. Yeah, absolutely, man. So. And you know what? I wasn't one of those people. <laughs> I felt like I was so close, man. I was so close. I still hadn't tested myself against the toughest of competition. And I couldn't leave, bro. I could not leave Marvel 2. I wasn't ready. Yeah. I, I felt like I had unfinished business. So I said, fuck Marvel 3. Yep. I think I bought it at GameStop, like when it was on clearance. <laughs> right? Yeah. Ultimate had already came out. They came out with a less less that. than a year before, after this game's release, they released a, a new version called Ultimate Marvel's Capcom 3. And they patched the DHC glitch that was happening. And they did. Okay, so this right. is another thing. The patches. All right. For those of you that are not familiar with that term, okay. Majority of the games nowadays... Something I don't agree with, by the way. Yeah, majority of the games nowadays can be played online. 
Now, because there's online capability, the developers now are able to introduce what are called patches. And that means that if there's a, if the game has a glitch... Or an exploit. Right. They can go in and force you to update the software or update the, the data, the memory of yeah. the game. Yeah. So whatever you were used to before, whatever moves were working for you, guess what? They could change all sorts of things. The frame data, the, the type of damage scaling... Um, I mean, obviously, glitches and exploits um, to the point where uh, it's going to seriously change and reevaluate the way that you played the game, especially if uh, your team was kind of built around those those um, exploits and, 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 and DHC glitches that was <laughs> so, happening at the time. So imagine taking away the Sentinel unblockable from uh, Marvel 2. Yeah. Or, or taking away Magneto's ability to do the ROM. Yeah, let's say infinite. like you can't do the ROM, or it, it no, the ROM no longer connects. That that's yeah. a huge it's it's game huge. changer. It's like. huge, yeah. So, a lot of players were upset over this because if if what you were doing was working for you, and it was winning you tournaments, and now guess what? They fix it, they patch it, and now it doesn't. Guess what? Now it's affecting your pocket. Right. I'd be I'd be pissed. And I have to, I have to relearn the game. I have to. It was just a, a big mess, and everybody just had to shut up and take it. Yeah. I mean, it, it was what it was. So I couldn't, uh, I couldn't do Marvel Three, bro. But lucky for me, I was able to obtain an Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. Six years after the the console had came out, right? It came out in two thousand five. Right. Uh, I finally got my hands on an Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, and now I'm playing xbox live <laughs> so yeah i remember when i got the when i first got the 360 i mean all we were playing is halo 3 but anyway up until <laughs> halo 3 i yeah, heard halo, halo 2 was the best version halo 2 was yeah it's just legendary and then halo 3 just kind of took it after that in yeah. terms of like just how big it kind of got after that but anyway xbox live ends up getting mvc2 as i have like, xbox live now so because my stick was only for dreamcast they didn't have american sticks for the, the newer generation consoles. Right. So I had to get my hands on a Japanese stick. And if you guys know what I'm talking about, it's like apples and oranges. You're learning on a brand new set of hardware, different buttons, different stick, different feel. Yep. And it's like starting from scratch. Yep. Plus, the, the online version was way different. Yes, it was. Well, I mean, different in, in, in certain nuances of, the, of uh, character gameplay. And uh, the way that they move and stuff like that. Yeah. In high level situations, it makes all the difference, right? Yes, it does. Plus your connection with your opponent, if it's if it's great, if it's a little wonky. I mean, Gosh. I think I think my biggest gripe was that everyone took their wins and losses seriously. Yeah. So if you had Joe Schmo, some schmuck from the fucking Midwest, who would beat me a couple matches in a row. They would say, oh, Chaos is trash. Oh, I, I beat him. But, like recently, some dirtbag said that he took like a 10-year layoff or something like that. And then he came back and he, he beat me a couple matches. And now he's like, oh, I still got it. <laughs> That's not how this works, bro. See me offline. <laughs> See me? Yeah. See Everyone me. would say, yeah, I would send a message real quick. It would take me five minutes to send it because of the controller. <laughs> tick, 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 tick. Yeah, see me offline. <laughs> Um, I did realize that the differences were were evident when I would switch back to Dreamcast. Because because remember, it's 2011. We're the arcade scene at this point is dying. 
because of the online uh, game format. Yeah. It's becoming a lot more tolerable. If you're playing Street Fighter, if you're playing Guilty Gear, if you're playing uh, Marvel 3, Marvel 2, it's starting to become more accepting in the community. So if I'm a guy that that lives an hour away from the local arcade, do I want to drive an hour? We talked about this in the podcast with Lockdown. Yeah. Do I want to drive an hour or do I want to stay home and just... You know, just lounge in my fucking Fruit of the Looms <laughs> and, you know, a, a big fucking can of Monster and just get some games in with yeah. competition from all across the United States. So a lot of people were for it. And some of the older heads were like, this is terrible. This is like the nail in the coffin yeah. for the arcades. Yeah, for the for the purists. So around that time, I started visiting the arcade less and less. I, unless I knew there was going to be some get together, you know. Yeah. Um, I would stay. I would stay in a lot more often now because of the the online capability. Convenience. Now, speaking of convenience, okay, Evo 2011 comes along, and guess guess uh, who got their days approved to go? <laughs> Your boy finally got time off. I go to Evo 2011 not knowing what to expect. Thank God for PTO. Yeah. Now, uh, unfortunately. This was the first year that uh, Marvel Two was bumped off, right? Because Marvel Three was that's right was in. Yep. So I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I just took my joystick and and uh, let's see what happens. Lucky, luckily for me, I, I did find some opponents to play against. I played against Cable Guy. Cable Guy was a a NorCal NorCal uh, cable player, hence his name, Cable yep. Guy. That uh, trained with the likes of Chunks. Yeah. As well as I believe. Krizzle? Chunksta, Krizzle, Corngo, oh, yeah. all those guys up, Anthony you know, all those guys well. up north. Yep. So he was my very first test, right? My very first test in playing a high level player that wasn't within the LA Orange County area. It's it was a very big milestone for me. I felt like, oh my God, I like this is it. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to, you know, test myself. Yeah. And he gave me a really good fight. I thought that at that time I had all the answers and he put me in situations that, that made me really dig deep and, and I had to execute, man. I really had to dig deep to, to get the win against him. Yeah. So I beat him in the first 10, right? Right. Chungsta comes along. Okay. For those of you guys that know Chungsta, this guy was a monster. Back then, former second place at Evo 2008, I believe, against Justin Wong. Yep. One of the best sen- Sentinels that I've that I've seen personally. One of the best Sentinels, one of the best MSS players. MSS Rocket Punch. Yeah, this guy was a monster. So I told, I went up to him and I said, "Hey, man." Uh, so I had a fucking badass Thrax too, man. He did, he did, bro. And I told him straight up, "Hey, uh, I'd really love to play you." And he said, "Oh yeah, for sure." We did a first to ten for fifty. Yeah, and. I beat him, and wow. it was it was one of the most exhausting sets that I've ever had, and it was it was razor thin. Like I think it might have been like ten eight or ten nine, and immediately right he, down on the wire, man. Immediately he wants a run back, he but he says, you know what? I don't have that much time. Let's do a first of five for that fifty, and he beats me five four. So now we're even, right? Yeah. We're even. So classic example of, okay, I only have five games to 
figure him out, right? Yeah. We already ran the first set, but what would have happened if we ran those additional five games? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But that's my fault for saying yes. I should have said, you know what? No, if we're gonna if we're gonna run it back, it's gotta be the same thing. But whatever. I was just I was just grateful to be able to have the time of day yeah, or for, for him give me the time of day to, to to play a set with me. Yeah. And we broke even. What bothered me after was that he said uh he said, Hey, good games. Uh I wasn't really playing with myself. I I pretty much lost to myself. <laughs> yeah so i mean it was good games and all but he kind of gave me that backhanded like i pretty much lost to myself i wasn't really like my execution wasn't like you didn't really beat me yeah you didn't really beat me so hmm. I, I took it for what it was yeah i mean if you don't want to hold your l's i mean either way you got to hold your l's right everyone um, does you got to do it gracefully or yeah. or you got to be selfish whatever, does it whatever you want to do different way it's fine so anyway so i played him um the next big match. So that was Evo, right? Uh, at that Evo, I reconnected with Ray Spartan. And him and I, at that point, we, we that's when we ended up getting a lot closer and all that. So awesome, that, that, a lot of good things that came out of that evolution. That was my first experience seeing the, the, the main stage and all that. It's everything that I wanted. It was just too late. Marvel 2 was no longer on the main stage, right? Right. That's right. So... The question was, is everything that I'm doing, that is, does it really matter? All these guys like Chungsta, he wasn't in the shape that he was back in 2008, right? Yeah. Cable guy, I mean, whatever. It's it's like riding a bike. But I was, I had to deal with that on a daily basis. Is is what I'm doing? Is it worth it at this point? Yeah. But I decided that hey, I still love the game. I still have things to. That I feel I need to accomplish. to accomplish. Yeah, you still had, you know, the work never stops. The training never stops. Absolutely not. So I kept on pushing. My next opponent after that was Reset. Now, if you guys remember episode one, Reset used to give me a lot of shit, dude. Yes, he did. <laughs> he used to give me a lot of shit. He used to say that I was a one-trick pony, which he was. He was right because I only messed around with MSS. I didn't have a Santhrax team. I didn't have a secondary team. I couldn't. I couldn't get away from MSS, whether it was Rocket Punch or Drones. That was my team, and if I couldn't beat you with it, then oh well, that's just that, that's just it. Yeah, and that's just it. Yeah. So it came about that him and I were going to do a first ten at Super Arcade. This was um, back when Super Arcade was in the city of Walnut. I don't know if you remember. No, I remember. Yeah. So we set it up. It's a first to 10 for $100, okay? Now, there's a little bit of controversy over this that I didn't find out until years later. Please do tell. Okay, so we play first to 10, and I'm up nine wins to five. And he ends up streaking. He gets five straight wins. Wow. And he beats me 10-9. So now... In a big match setup, in, in a big match uh, venue, I guess you could say, I've lost to Wes, I've lost to Neo, and I've lost to Reset, right? Big money matches. I've won a bunch of other small ones. I've won a bunch of uh, local tournaments, right? Yeah. At Regency, at FFA, at uh, James Games. 
But in a long match situation, I'm losing. And it's because the opponent is figuring me out. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So I remember one of my buddies, uh, Mondo, he went to he went to go watch. He went to go watch, and I lost, right? I yeah. lost, and he was like, all right, man, I got to go. I, I got to head out of here. Because it was kind of like, uh, this is, all right, well, you know. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to hang out there either, right? Right. So he booked it, and I just felt, dude, what the hell, man? And there was a lot of smack talk and a lot of, uh, you know, I'm not the same guy that I was years ago. Of course. So here's the controversy, okay? I won't say who, but I come to find out that allegedly, I should say this for legal purposes, okay, that he showed up with $100 in fake money. In counterfeit money? Why? Counterfeit money. So if I would have won the set, I would have been paid in counterfeit money. <laughs> so your boy so was in scummy, a... man. Your boy... How true this is? I mean, that's why I say allegedly. This is allegedly, right? This is allegedly. I don't know. So. But your boy was in a lose-lose situation with this. Okay. Reset disappears. He disappears after this. I don't hear about him in... <laughs> Damn, like maybe three or four years. Yeah. So no run back, nothing. I have to hold. I have to hold the L until recent re- in recent years. Anywho, um, the rest of 2011 is since the arcade scene is dying. The only arcade that's relatively active is Alex's Arcade in Santa Ana which you know very well buddy I love that place man. That's, that was actually one of my like uh, tell, tell the audience about Alex's Arcade so Alex's Arcade is located uh, Santa Ana California it's kind of like in this corner where parking lot where it's I think it's next to like a um, a coffee shop place right Cafe Lou <laughs> um, a lot of Asian people would go there but anyway um, yeah and it's just kind of like this you know, kind of rundown arcade. It has a, a cabinet for MVC. It has two cabinets. One of them being the one with, you know, the large, the showcase, showcase style, and then the smaller MVC cabinet. So a lot of people preferred um, the smaller one just because the sticks were better on that one. Um, it had a third strike setup um, and a little like just other random games on there. But it was just very like localized. Um, I met a lot of the players from my area there so shout outs to everyone you know obviously oscar aldo gustavo uh, dewey andy andy do i mean that's 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 our roots right there and uh, they really welcomed me in so just want to say thank you and shout outs to them because i have nothing but love for them but absolutely anyway. i used to run down alex's arcade a lot yeah that was just i i never saw them as like from a competitive standpoint i never saw them as a threat which is why I always considered them to be beneath me. As individuals, as people, dude, they're great. Yeah, great guys. Uh, I did. I always liked the fact that they were a very close knit community. Yeah, I did too. They'd have barbecues. They'd have uh, sessions. Yeah. Everybody was really cool. I mean, of course, you talk trash amongst yourselves. Yeah, but of course. But it was these all in guys, good fun. These, they were. Yeah, you know. and even even till today. Yeah. I mean, even with the pandemic and all that. Yeah. A lot of these guys are still hanging out. They're still very close with each other. It's awesome. So it's something that you like to see in terms of a community. Yeah. 
So a shout out to those guys, uh, Gustavo, um, Oscar. amazing Sentinel dude, amazing oh. Sentinel. Right now he holds the record for the longest uh, Sentinel combo with an assist and longest without one. So the, I put out videos with with the record. He he broke the record, dude. Yeah. yeah, he hasn't put up the videos yet, but right now he holds the the record for that. So he definitely has the execution. Absolutely, man. I he would has love an execution monster. I would love to see him against uh, the East Coast guys, but I mean, since you know, life is life. You know, you got to yeah. take care of business. I would love to see Gus go up against. I'd love them to see too, it, man. bro. Andy Doom right now is putting in that work online and offline. Yep, uh, he leveled up a lot. Yes, he did. Yeah, so it's good to see that a lot of these guys are still active, yeah. and and they're still putting on a show for the community. Yeah, Shout exactly. out to these guys. And also, Dewey in his own right too is is a beast as well. He man. is that man. Guy. He's a little rusty right now, but right. But yeah. I mean, when he was in tip top form, I mean, I would shoot the stuff Absolutely, that he would do was amazing. Yeah. So, at the time, Alex's arcade, I w- I didn't know who these guys were. Yeah. Um. I just knew that Ray was in there also. Ray had kind of found his That's where I met Ray, niche. Yeah, at, in Alex's arcade. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a tie between him and I think Daniel. Deathwish. Yeah. They held they held the top the top two spots. And I challenged Daniel to uh to a money match. Yeah. We'll just do first to seven for fifty. And I remember showing up and dude, I smashed him. I smashed him seven to one, I believe, or seven to two. Yeah. And midway through the set, he asked me. He asked me straight up. He said, "So, why did you challenge the arcade?" Hmm. Nobody's ever asked me that before. Like, why did you call us out, or why did you call me out? Nobody's ever asked me that before. And I said, "I just want to see where I'm at in terms of competition." Like a few matches in, it was very evident that I was leagues above them yeah. in skill. Yeah. Gustavo gave me a really good run for the money. Yeah. Because he had Psylocke on his team. Yeah. And remember, I'm still running MSS, so all it takes is for Psylocke to land one hit. Yep. And it, it, it might it might be over. You know, yep. it might be curtain. So he was always a threat. Everyone else, uh, they didn't really give me problems. I mean, Kala was still learning how to play Sentinel Cable and all that. Yeah, scrub clops. Aldo, you know, gimmicks. He had gimmicks. Uh, his Akuma team. Um, that's pretty much it. Oscar. Plays Combo Fiend. Combo Fiend. He, yeah. he was pretty good. Good execution. No, he did. He has, And he has a really good storm, too. Yeah. So, 2011, that's it, man. That's all I did. It's just Regency was already dying down. FFA was dying down. All these guys were moving on to online gameplay. And uh, who can blame him, right? Yeah. If you could just stay home and play, then why wouldn't you just do that? Instead of wasting gas and wasting uh, quarters. Now, Evo 2012 comes uh, comes around. The only thing that happened in 2012 was that I went to Evo. And I, I wasn't even planning on going. Mm. Because remember, there's no side tournament for Marvel 2. It's not on the main stage. I get a call from, uh, from Daryl. World Matthew. He says, hey, how do you feel about playing Justin Wong at Evo? What? And this is huge. This is huge. This is on a Saturday. And I work. I'm off at four. Yeah. He says, but but it's got to be tonight. And I'm thinking, fuck. Am I really going to go to Vegas for one day and then come back on Sunday? And he said, I'll pick you up. We'll go. We'll run this match and then we'll come back Sunday. That's fucking awesome. 
and I was, dude, I was pacing back and forth, man, at work. I was pacing back and forth thinking about it. Oh, my God, this is it. We go. I said, fuck it. Let's go. He picks me up. I pack I pack my bag. That's we go. Awesome. Dude, it's like five. We don't get there till 11, midnight, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Justin Wong is nowhere to be found. <laughs> he had gone out to eat. He was celebrating. I think he won... Um, he didn't win. Mar- he didn't win Marvel three. He won uh, Street, F- like Tatsunoko or some shit like that. Oh, Tatsunoko, really? Yeah, he was celebrating something. It wasn't SF four, that's for sure. No, it was something else. He won something else, and he was uh, he was celebrating. That. So he said, "I'll be back," and then he never showed up. So guess who filled in for him? Neo. Oh. So, Neo and I ran an impromptu first to seven. And people were side like Daryl was side betting and shit like that. It wasn't well, this, for money. Th- this was on the Sony mounted on the. TV. This was on oh, a TV, a right? Sony, a Sony mounted TV, right? TV. Yeah. yeah. So to give you guys <laughs> I the commentary on this, okay, hilarious. Man. To give you guys a, a quick backstory for those of you listening, okay. Remember, we love to play Marvel Two on the on the uh, Sega Dreamcast, ancient fucking technology on a CRT, on a CRT TV. Now these are the old school TVs, the boxes. Yep. With the big ass in the back. <laughs> okay, now if you plug that Dreamcast into a plasma TV or a newer um, LCD. LCD or something like that, you're going to have what's called input delay. Correct. Which means if I hit a button, it's not going to come out right away. The it's amount of come- time that it takes for it to register on the screen is much longer. And when we say much longer, we I mean... Uh, being a high caliber player, you can feel nuances and you can feel even the slightest like millisecond of um, delay. So it's a big difference when you're going from a CRT with basically zero input delay into a plasma that has to uh, basically process your inputs and then show it to you on the screen. So it makes a difference, especially in execution. <laughs> it definitely does. So I had to make the adjustment. Neo was not ready at all. Yeah. Now remember he he's not playing Marvel two. He's he's focused on Marvel three. Yeah. But he still decides to to play. It's seven zero me. Wow. Is this one still I mean, on YouTube? It's still on YouTube. I, pretty, I believe it's it is. still on YouTube, but remember it was impromptu and yes. we're we're running it on a fucking trash TV. On a trash which, setup. Which input basically. Delay. Yeah. yeah. So And Neo's not really like obviously was like you said, yeah. he was playing ABC three at the time. And that's all the action I had wow. that evening. So we drove out there, and Justin Wong never showed up. We we drove out there for nothing, just to run a, a trash set on a TV. Wow. Um, that's all I can say about Evo, man. I came back. We I think we came back the same night or or Sunday, and that was it, bro. What a waste! What a waste of a trip. That's fucking horrible. So you could imagine the disappointment, man. Yeah, definitely. Being ready to test yourself against the the elite, and nothing happens. Oh. Anywho, the rest of the year is just online gameplay. Um, I did develop a couple of new rivalries with Golden Nismore. If you guys know Golden Nismore, that guy, lo- he's from Hawaii. From Hawaii, yep. That guy loves, he loves to talk shit, and that's an understatement. <laughs> This guy was, he, he gets personal with it too. He, he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah. And if you meet him in real life, I've never met him, but I hear that he's just completely different. 
I think it's the fact that he's all the way over there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but he would troll the shit out of me. Um, so a I had lot a lot of, of people too. Yeah. I had a lot of back and forth with that guy online. And then, the, and because of the online uh, platform, a lot of players from Mexico started stepping up too. A lot of the top players like uh, Cachorro, uh, Pollo, um, a few other players were starting to kind of make their names known. Yeah. And I was starting to see that, hey, these guys are pretty, are pretty good. And then I started noticing a trend. I started noticing that they were hitting me with my own moves. <laughs> it's, it's a little, it's. When you get hit with you your own talked moves, about this. you talked about this last time. It's one of the things that you said bothers you the it, most. It kind of bothers me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it kind of bothers me when I get hit with my own moves. I can understand that it's like, hey, I know how to do this too, you know. Except yeah. when you did that to Josh during one of the Evo finals, and <laughs> Telly goes like, "We got those two. Yeah. We got those two. How are you gonna do his combo to him? <laughs> how are you gonna do his combo to him? It's like, dude, you know, come up with your own fucking." Boobs, man. <laughs> Don't give me that attitude, or I'm doing dude. it all for you. <laughs> but uh so I was playing online, dude. And so if you notice, there's a trend going on, dude. 2011, 2012, nothing's really happening. Nothing's really happening. I'm kind of like in Marvel limbo. Yeah. Where I'm just playing online, and you know, work outside of the game, work is is work. You know, there's nothing really going on. Um. I'm no longer hanging out with Carlos, Infrit, or Prodigy. They moved on to Street Fighter 4 and Marvel 3. So everything's just kind of disbanding. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what it felt like. I'm kind of I, I'm kind of feeling like I've hit a plateau when it comes to the game. Now, 2013. This is where everything changes. This is a big, big everything man. changes. Okay, we're gonna talk about some real shit here. Okay, because this is the year that I I start traveling with uh, Ray with Spartan. Yep. To Evo, we get to Evo, and as I'm as I'm uh, walking inside the venue, the first person that I run into was Sanford. Sanford Kelly, one of the the Titans from the East Coast, and. I say what's up to him. I introduce myself. Hey, man, I'm a big fan. I respect what you've done. Yep. I need to get a set with you. And he's and he's no hesitation. He says, "Oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna Love get some. Yeah, we're gonna get some games man. in. Love that. And say that. what you want about him, but he he's one of the guys that's always down to play. Yep. Regardless okay. of what happens, he's always right. down to run a set. Yeah. You and just have you just have awesome. to put up with what he says afterwards. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. <laughs> I mean, like I said. It happens to all of us, right? Everyone deals with things a different way. But like I said, deep down, Sanford is a competitor. And I have to respect that. As well as, you know, you heard it from Locke himself. Locke was, you know, singing praise about Sanford and, and the, the type of person that he is. And, you know, he he's great in the sense, too, where, like, he actually will give you tips and how to improve him and things that he sees. And, like, that's, that's just awesome to, to be able to um, have that kind of feedback from such a high caliber player. So, so he doesn't enter, enter the, uh, side tournament. This is the first year that we have a side tournament for Marvel's Capcom two. We finally said, Hey, you know what? If we're going to show up, we got to do something for the community. So we had a tournament 
Now, Miss, before we get into Sanford, we need to address Mr. Pasadena. Okay. Okay. Top level uh, MSP, Magneto Storm Psylocke player from the Valley. And he was one of the OG players that never stopped. And he was always kind of lurking in the shadows. Yeah. He never, you know, never really attracted attention to himself. But he was one of the guys that didn't give up the game. He kept on playing. Yeah. And he was always a formidable threat. Yes. Against I agree. me. I agree. He's given me my fair share of losses over the years, including Evo 2013. I lost to him in the grand finals. Okay. Yep. Now, we did the tournament during the day, right? Yeah. I'm still running MSS. I don't have I don't have an answer for MSP. I have no Santhrax. I have no other team to fight that anti-air assist that he had. Psylocke. So he knows what to do to get the win against me. And he knocks me out of winners. Now, we don't finish the tournament. Remember, it's double elimination. We don't finish the tournament that day. It's already too late. The venue's going to close. So we save it for the next day. It's time. It's time to play Sanford. The match is set up at Charlie Goblin's suite. Hotel suite. Yep. So I get there. I'm warming up. I'm playing against Charlie Goblin. I'm playing against uh, Ray. Just trying to stay warm. A bunch of guys come in. Fanatics there. Uh, Neo's in there. Uh, Chris G. Uh, just a bunch of random members of the community. Even from, yeah, even people like from the SF4 community. Yeah, from Street Fighter 4. Yeah, they came in to watch because they heard... It's chaos versus Sanford. Yeah. And that was that was what was trending like in the community. Buzz. Yeah, that was happening. Yeah. Yep. So World Match U's there too. Telly's there, Ray's there. Yep. Now, now this is where it gets a little little crazy, so bear with me, okay? Daryl is having a little too much to drink. All right. So <laughs> if 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 you know Daryl, you know that this guy is loud as fuck. When he gets riled up. Yeah. So I'm not worried about that. I'm just nervous as fuck because I'm about to play. This is what I wanted. Yeah. For years, I was saying I've taken care of the local competition. I've ascended. It's time. It's time to test myself. Sanford comes in, sits down, plugs in a stick. He wishes me good luck. Awesome. And we start playing. Yeah. I get the early lead. I feel like. I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Everything is coming out crisp. Yeah. My movement is on point. Impeccable. Yeah. My my spacing, my everything that I'm doing is coming together. It's fluid. And Sanford is cuz it was all speed based. Yeah. So Sanford was was trying to adjust to the speed and the movement and remember he's he's not really playing Marvel 2. He's been he's been solely invested in SF4 SF4 yeah right it was so I take the early lead Daryl is talking hella shit in the background so much so that the YouTube comments actually believe that that's you yes if you watch the video they'll say damn chaos really loves to talk some shit (laughs) and it wasn't me it was Daryl and you can hear Charlie Goblin in the back telling him Daryl hey Daryl you gotta be quiet man Because, you know, all it takes is one noise complaint and everything gets shut down. Yeah. 
and Daryl can't help himself, and he's just like, "Shut up!" It's popping off. Shut, yeah, this and that, and then Fanatic starts kind of voicing his opinion, right? Right. And Daryl and him are just kind of going back and forth with the trash talk. Fanatic is saying that I'm not good enough. I'm not I'm this and that. And then I, I've had enough. And he's and I, I pop off against Fanatic and I tell him to shut the fuck up. I said, no, you, you wouldn't do. He was saying something along the lines of I would train for one day and then I would bop him. And I said, no, you wouldn't. You insert explicit, <laughs> explicit insult. And everybody was like, oh, okay, I'll just pop it off. Because <laughs> you just, dude, I'm trying to play here. I'm trying to, him, Sanford and I didn't wage any money. Yeah. It, this was pure passion for just a, for the love of the game. Yeah. And I ended up uh, winning that set 10 to 5, I believe, or 10 to 6. I think it was 10 to 6. 10 to 6, right? Yeah. Here's what happens next. Sanford wants an immediate run back. Okay, now this is after the cameras have stopped rolling. Yeah. Actually, the cameras are still rolling. We run the setback. If you've ever run a, a first to 10, which I'm sure most of you have, when you do a run back, the winner tends to be a little bit more... The adrenaline is gone, right? Yeah. That's right. So the challenger is, is the like, one that's... Yeah. kind of like started like... The challenger, the challenger is the one that's imposing his will on you now. Yeah. So I feel like I wasn't ready for a run back. I felt like I had, you had I was like Goku. I had dump. just, you had an adrenaline dump. Yeah. That's what happens. So we start playing and guess what? Now we're like neck and neck match, match for match for match for match. The score gets to be five, four. I'm up one game and Daryl is louder than ever. To the point where Sanford finally stops and he turns around and he tells Daryl, he says, I swear to God, if you keep running your mouth, I'm going to crack you in the fucking face. And Daryl is, he's out of it, man. He's out of it. So he's like, oh yeah, do something about it. And before you know it, we had, we have to, you know, long story short, we had to split him up. The, the set came to a screeching halt and Sanford has to leave. They, they take Sanford out of the room. Daryl, they put him on the other side of the room. And I'm just like, uh, shit, man. Well, that's kind of a shame. Yeah. So Sanford and I never got to finish that set. Uh, Strider Zero never uploaded it. He wiped it clean. I mean, why would he, right? Right. Yeah, the community doesn't need that kind of stuff. But that's what happened. And unfortunately... <laughs> It happens every so often. I mean, I'm sure Daryl didn't mean to, didn't mean to do that, and he hasn't done anything like that since then. Yeah. But we all have our moments. Yeah. You know, we're we're a little outlandish and alcohol and all that shit. Yeah. Exactly. But if you take into consideration the first of ten that we did, that Sanford and I did, I beat him. Yeah. I beat him, and I was happy with that. I thought, holy shit. A few years ago. I thought that I would never be able to touch these guys. Right. I was at my local arcade thinking, damn, I'm just a minnow in the in the ocean. Yep. And now I'm a big fish in a small pond. So you gotta, what, in honest, in like retrospect, like I'm thinking about it right now. Um, 
I think it really put you on the map even more because it's like you're just being such a big name, right? Like Sanford carries such a big like reputation, and for you, for you be able to uh, beat him in a set, I mean that said said a lot about you. So I think a lot of people, you turned a lot of heads, like as if you didn't already, right? If they if they didn't know about you then, they sure know now. <laughs> <laughs> as I said in the video, right? Yeah. Now. Everybody, all of the old school players came to the defense of Sanford. Yeah. And, and, and now, I feel like it doesn't take anything away from him because his legacy had already, had already been set in stone. His yeah. wins, his tournament wins, whatever. Cemented. What's, what's, what I hold a lot of respect for is the fact that he is willing to play. Yeah. yeah. Where a lot of other guys would have take, take the coward approach and don't want to risk their 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 legacy or, or yeah. whatever the case is when right. when really you have nothing to lose you've already done what you need to do yeah just like me at this point yeah um like nothing can take away those accolades that you've already accomplished yep. you know regardless so now what happens next justin wong i've got his attention he publicly calls me out he feels like what i did to sanford was very disrespectful yeah he feels like it was a very hostile environment, and he needs to wrong that right. So we set the date for SoCal Regionals. UC Irvine, 2014, March. This is not in a hotel room. This is not in an evil ballroom. This is at the main stage. Yep. It's my first time in the, the spotlight interviews there were match pre-match interviews there was a whole production uh vignette you know filmed for this yeah i finally did it i i i, I felt like all right man it, it's it's show time it's show time <laughs> and oh man the buzz around it was that i was going to get destroyed people were p placing side bets and all this and and uh People that I consider to be good friends, close friends, were side betting against me. And it's not, I guess, in retrospect, I shouldn't have taken it personally. It's just, I wasn't the, the favorite. I wasn't the favorite to win, right? Yeah. Experience over flash. Yeah. That's what they were saying. Yeah. I'm not ready for it. I haven't been, I don't have the experience. I'm too flashy. Uh, I don't have the fundamentals, right? That was always a criticism that yeah, was here. Yeah, it was. It was, man. And I was like, it was almost like chaotic one was coming back. Yeah. Because every moment where I received that criticism online, I felt like I had to step in to correct them. Yeah. And I, w I would just say, oh, you doubt me? Just watch. Watch what happens. I'm going to destroy this guy. So we had months and months of buildup, right? Yeah. That day, it was, I believe it was on a Saturday, the day of the, the exhibition. And I worked that day. I remember. I And I worked out of Santa Ana at the time. So I left work and I drove right over there in my work clothes. So if you watch the video, I'm still wearing, I'm wearing slacks. I'm wearing a dress shirt, tie, tie clip. And we run the match. And bro, that it was it was crazy to see that this time the crowd wasn't as divided. I had 
a portion of, of the, the chaos section, I guess you could say, people that were like, chaos, chaos. Daryl made T-shirts. <laughs> he made T-shirts that said Team Chaos, and he was passing them out. Dude, that that was, he didn't have to do that, man. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yeah, love that guy. Yeah. And even though, even though I cost him a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, no, match. I'm sure it did. Yeah, and I'm playing Justin, and I didn't know that he had trained with Bill Wellman. A name that I hadn't even thought of in years, because he disappeared from the Marvel from the Marvel community. Yeah, and he trained with Bill Wellman, MSS Drones, so he was ready. He Justin already knew about the modified uh, Air, Dash. Air Dash. He knew about uh, MSS Drones, obviously, and he was ready. So when he started, when we when we played, and he started uh, getting win after win after win. It was very demoralizing because I'm used to ma- my matches ending like this. Right. I'm either going to beat you quickly or I'm going to lose quickly. And he was just finding the spot to punish my movement. Yeah. And it was pissing me off, man. What I didn't expect was for my family to show up. My brother and my padrino, Caesar. Wow. My brother pushed his way th- through the crowd and, and I heard, Kenneth, Kenneth. And I looked, I looked, I looked over to my left and I saw him and he's like, get his ass, get his ass. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing here, man? Get back there. But the, the chaos section was all the way to my right and all the Justin supporters were right behind me. So I could hear them saying, you don't got it. You don't got it. It's why was, okay. Can we clear that up? Why, why was the audience? I have no idea. On that man. side. You know, I, I heard, I, I heard things. You know, along the lines of it um, being intentional, being that way. Okay. I have no idea, bro. But. I have no idea, but it's just something that I had to put up with. Yeah. Now, now here's another thing. I've been playing so much online that now my execution is more favorable on the Japanese stick. Yeah. So switching back to the Moss, the American stick, just for the Dreamcast... It affected me. I had to adjust on the fly because I was so used to playing on the Japanese stick. Yeah. I mean, everything was working great. It's just you're used to muscle memory. Right. Right? I lose that set 10-4. It was hyped up as the new generation versus the old guard. And Justin Wong beat me decisively. Once again, I lose on the main stage. Yeah, it's tough, man. This was a yeah. No, this one. It's tough when you have people saying, "I told you so," or people saying, uh, "See, he wasn't that good." It's a very tough thing to. I mean, I accept the loss. He was just he just played better than me. That's 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 all there is to it. I still wanted more. I wasn't one to be like, "All right, well, I guess that's it." I, to this day, I still haven't watched that set. Really? I haven't watched that set to this day. Wow. I just, it's, it's very difficult to watch yourself lose and hear the crowd cheering in the back. Yeah. It's tough, man. But what I did take away was from what, was what not to do. Once again, I learn from my mistakes. I correct them and I implement a new game plan moving forward. That's what you should do as a player. Absolutely. I'm willing to take the loss 
to learn. I just couldn't get over the fact that an opportunity to play Justin again wouldn't come up again until years later. Like in a legit set. Right. So that was in March. Okay, fast forward to Evo 2014. This was a pretty stacked, stacked tournament. This one was, yes. Chris Schmidt, well, a shadow of himself, he entered. Um, a lot of the East Coast guys came through. Josh 360, Sanford. Um, we had a bunch of the West Coast killers. Lockdown was in there. Uh, Ray was in there. And I made it to the grand finals against none other than uh, Sanford. After coming back from losers, I almost lost to Josh 360. Losers finals. This was one of the hypest sets oh, man. you and Josh? Yeah. That hey, this, this is the set also um, that, I mean, it was it was close, man. Because I think Josh would have, he, uh, he had gotten a perfect. Yeah. And then ran it again. And then he had a perfect. Because he, he hits a really, really strong opener. Yep. And the thing with, with that with Combo Fiend is that it allows him to basically go into the Iron Man Infinite guard break and it won't let you play if 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 played properly and 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 he executes exactly what he needs to you won't get to play yeah but man that dude it's it's nerve-wracking bro but i did hit the comeback yes you did last minute maneuver to to beat his team i think i hit with just a solo set yeah i hit a crouching sweep onto his iron man he just so happened to be blocking upwards yeah Standing basically, yeah. Rocket punch, hyper sentinel force, magneto comes in. I hit the unblockable laser. That's all that she was wrote. clutch. That's and, all she wrote. And then it was sent versus sent at that point. No, it was a different match. Oh, it's a different match. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I beat his Iron Man, and then Magneto came in. I just hit unblockable rocket punch super, and that was it. <sighs> That's such a clutch. And everybody punch. went crazy. So now grand finals is for is, uh, first of five, and I have to win two sets against Sanford. So the score ended up being like 10-2, me, or 10-4, something like that. And I remember the last few seconds of that final match, I felt this feeling of, like, it was almost like anger. And I, I remember saying, it's my time. This is it. This is my time. Yeah. And I hit the, the winning hit on Sanford. Everybody goes crazy. Sanford gets up. He walks away. No handshake. Yeah. And everybody's giving me high fives, fist bumps, all this and that. Sanford comes back. He gives me a hug. Yeah. And I felt... I finally did it. Pasadena got me the year before. This year... I actually took him... uh, I think I sent him a loser's or I took him out of the tournament... And can we can we address something real quick? Yeah. Because um, Sat- uh, Sanford is known getting a lot of flack for when he loses. Yeah. Um, they give him a lot of shit for that. Um, but the man just needed some time to recompose himself, and you know, as any competitor would, man. Like, who would be upset? You're in the finals. Yep. You know, of course, it means a lot to you. So it's understandable. But the fact that he came back and he gave you a hug and gave you props, it's like, all right, you know. Yeah, absolutely. That's fucking cool, man. So that's what I mean. Like, they they like to give him a lot of shit, you know, for what he does and, you know, this and that. But yeah. at the end of the day, he's still a competitor. Well, I mean, his biggest gripe has always been against Magneto. 
the Magneto yeah. character in general. But yeah. that's a whole. That's, that's a whole nother. That's we could a, do a whole, new whole ep- different episode. We could on do that. a whole episode yeah. on that just on that alone. Long story short, guys, I won Evo- Evolution, and then an hour later, guess what happens? Justin Wong wins the Ultimate Marvelous Capcom Three tournament. The guy that had just beat me a few months ago wins the tournament that's actually on the Evo lineup, and he wins an exponentially larger amount of money. So my win is overshadowed by the guy that had just whooped my ass a few months prior. Yeah, at least in my eyes. I mean, I, I still took the win as 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 a W. Right. But I thought, God damn. The main stage. The main stage is calling to me again. And I was thinking, will I ever get an opportunity to to grace that stage again? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. After that, we had uh, 37 Reloaded. In Pomona. In Pomona. Uh, Mike Watson uh, from Super Arcade, he put that on. We all know what happened that tournament. I was ready to go. I felt great. I get beat by Sanford with the rocket punch heard around the world. <laughs> he hits me with some. Like her hip, the hip box of like storm yeah. as she's reeling back for the hailstorm. If you've never seen this guys, just look up chaos versus Sanford at 37 reloaded and just be prepared to, uh, witness some bullshit ass rocket punch. Hit me. It almost reminds me of like when Roe had beat Sanford. Yeah. With that kind of, Hitting. So I lose to Sanford, and then I lose to Pasadena in a losers in the losers bracket, and we do MSP mirrors. Mm. So I get like fifth place, I think, tied for fifth. Once again, man, I'm feeling like <sighs> I'm working. It's almost like I take a step forward and then I take two steps back. Yeah, with this shit, and I'm starting to get frustrated. I'm starting to get annoyed annoyed like like i'm about to break the limit and then i'm just set right back down a few notches yeah so this is where things get rough 2016 i'm sorry 2015 at this time duck duck vader he's made his way back into the community uh he had had actually been a part of the community for a few years he he went on hiatus and then he came back and him and I are going back and forth in sets. Great training partner. I've always said this, that Duck is the greatest training partner that you can have. Because he shows no remorse. He is merciless. He treats every match like it's a tournament match. And that's what you want. Yeah. Unless you're playing this game for fun and you just want to fuck around and have a couple of drinks. and But if you want to train for a tournament, this is the guy. This is the guy that you want to play against. And Merciless is a def- definitely an accurate way to describe the way Duck um, will beat you because he he really just doesn't hold back. Like if he's if, if he knows he can beat you, he's just going to beat you straight. Yeah. And um, you're going to have to step up your game if you want to get him. There's nobody that, w- that I would rather train with yeah. than, than Duck Vader. That guy is That's awesome. the guy to train with. So him and I meet in the grand finals of Evo 2015. I had to work my way up through uh, the losers bracket to get all the way up. I beat uh, Serbot on the way up there. I beat Pasadena. 
Um, I meet Duck in the finals and I win. Ray and I were set up to play against G-Con and Desmond. West Coast versus East Coast, two on two. Yeah. Team lock was a stipulation. Right. Right. Ray chose to go with Santhrax, and I chose to go with MSS Drones. We lose against them. We don't get a run back. I remember specifically asking Jason, G-Con, you yeah. guys, are you guys ready? And, and this is while they're in the hallway celebrating. Are you guys ready? We're we're gonna run it back. And Jason said, "Hey, you know what? Just let us let us enjoy this for now." And I took that as, "Oh, okay. Well, we'll we'll be in there." Yeah. But then we never ran it back. They made us hold that L, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine, bro. I did end up beating beating Jason and uh, Desmond in individual sets at yeah. at one of the one of the suites. Yeah. Yipes was in attendance for that. Yeah. I remember I was playing Jason and Yipes was telling him, you need to clean it up, Jason, clean it up. And uh, once again, long set format, I got the W. Yeah. So now we're, we're uh, I think training with Duck got me prepared for the long set mentality. You know, I was yeah. still winning short sets, but long sets is, is where I wanted to dominate because I was losing long sets left and right. Yeah. Wes, Neo, Justin Wong. You know what I mean? Yep. Anywho, that was 2015. Nothing else happened of value that year. 2016, bro. My life changed. 2016. I had to say goodbye to SoCal because my job promoted me and relocated me to Northern California, uh, downtown San Jose to be exact. So it's quite a bit away, man. So my girlfriend, my wife, well, my wife now, my girlfriend at the time, we moved up there, and it was one of the most difficult times that I've ever been put through as a person. I mean, being away from your family, um, having to deal with the high cost of living. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, just. You think it's bad here. Yeah, you think it's bad here? I try living downtown up there in Silicon Valley. And, dude, I felt like I was losing my mind. And, of course, there was no local competition. Except for Chungsta would come every once in a while. Uh, Johnson, um, Anthony would come by a few times. But that was it, man. And all I had was online. And, and I didn't even have a CRT. I had a... LCD TV. So the the experience of playing somebody in person came very few yeah. and far between. Anyway, 2016 was the year that I felt that Abs was the guy, the guy to, to take me out. Up until then, I felt like, aside from Duck, nobody was going to touch me. I feel like this is it. I'm, I've been reigning supreme in the Marvel Two community. This is it. This is my game. Yeah. Like, um, and Justin Wong wouldn't run it back with me, right? Yeah. I'd hit him up every so often, and I'd be like, "Hey, are we gonna run a set? Nothing." And so I said, "Okay, well, then I'll just focus on on what I have in front of me." Abs was one of those guys that was determined to take me out. This guy was on it, man. In 2016, he sent me to losers. 
at Evo. It's ne- it, I had never lost to him before. Yeah. He was always one of those guys that would, would make it a point to try and take me out, and I would always kind of edge him out by a little bit. And then this year, he sent me the losers. And I remember getting up, and I, I was with Daryl, and we walked out. And I said, bro, I, I need to get it together. I need to figure this out. I drank a fucking Red Bull. I talked to Daryl for a little bit. Came back. Worked my way up through to lose through losers. Met, he made it to the grand finals. <laughs> this is the it was the first year that I thought I I couldn't believe that it was somebody other than Duck. I don't think Duck enter, entered the tournament that year. He entered uh, I think Samurai Showdown made a comeback. Yeah. And he entered that tournament instead. So I didn't have to worry about Duck. I thought, oh my god, I have this in the bag. <laughs> I meet Abs in grand finals and I take him out. Uh-huh. Something something snapped. I I got into the zone and it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, but I took him out. And I told him straight up afterwards, I said, Bro, you pushed me to play at a level that I've never played before. Awesome. And he was beating himself up, man, saying, "Damn, you know, I was so close, and this and that." Yeah, and I no, said, "Bro, don't a, worry about it. It's a hard L to. Don't worry about it, bro. I just there's respect. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's respect, and of course, you got the people in the back that were hoping that I would lose. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Whatever, dude. It it is what it is. So, here's what here's what I remember. Somebody said in the chat. Somebody said that I was struggling because you can't use the same play style and expect it to work every year. Modified air dash was already played out. Hmm. People were getting used to it. The refi stomp patterns, everyone was figuring it out. So it's like every year I had to switch things up yeah. as, as somebody who's expected to win. It's fucking difficult, bro. It's difficult to because staying at the top, it's it's easy it's it's easy to get to the top. Well, I wouldn't say it's easy, but I would say it's easier to get to, to get to the top than it is to stay at the top. Because at that point, all eyes are on you. You have like a huge target on your back. Everyone is adjusting to your to your to your gameplay. They're watching your videos. They're 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 trying to download stuff. They're trying to find any like nooks and crannies that they can to try to exploit and like beat you so i mean yeah it's it's very difficult to just stay up yeah not to mention that my lifestyle uh since moving to san jose was a lot different i felt like i was spiraling downward because of the stress of work uh relationship problems um my eating habits were fucking awful dude i was i was i weighed maybe 270 at one point i was big dude i was a big fucking dude and it was affecting my gameplay reaction time and and all that i just my head wasn't right so 2016 was rough man 2017 was was even worse in terms of uh in terms of marvel i don't want to really get too much into the personal aspect of it right but i don't think we should when it comes to the game i felt like i had hit another plateau because once again, I lost at Evo. Yeah. I had taken a few trips to um, the East Coast, and this is where I realized. Um, by the way, shout outs to Blue Jay for for hosting. Um, 
I felt like the East Coast guys were catching up. And they were figuring me out. I was struggling against Chris Matrix. I was struggling struggling against G-Con. Even Sanford. Sanford was figuring me out. Yeah. And he was and he was coming back into the into the uh the game. Yeah. Here's where I fucked up. Um I lost to Sanford at Evo. I chose to not play Magneto until the grand finals, which is what fucked me up. Because I ran into him during the regular bracket and I picked Santhrax. And this was two out of three. Yeah. And he beat me two zero. So I'm in losers. Again, I have to work my way up. Back Eventually, yeah. So we're back in grand finals. Guess what? It's time for fucking MSS. Yeah. And it was three out of five. I beat him 3-1 or 3-0 the first set. Yeah. So if I had stayed, if I had stuck to MSS in that two out of three, I might have won. And then in grand finals, I, w- I just had to beat him 3-1 and it would have been done. It would have been right. Curtains. Yeah. So I beat him first set. Second set, he beats me. I get second place. Everybody's fucking loving it. Everyone's going crazy. Sanford's having a field day saying, see, see, I could figure it out. He was telling people, yeah, see, it's not. everybody gets downloaded sooner or later or some shit like that. <laughs> and I had to tell him, hey, man, you know that if I would have picked MSS the, the first set instead of Santhrax, you know, I just wanted to do it to prove a point that not everybody picks Magneto against you. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was my fault. I still have to hold that L. Just like just like everything else, but that was 2017. Now, as far as San Jose goes, where I was living, I'm fucking done, dude. Yeah. The company that I was working for, I felt, I felt like I was set up to fail from the get go. The industry wasn't great. The company got hit with a bunch of class action lawsuits. Which and it's a sales position. So what happens when a, a company gets hit with a bunch of class action lawsuits? They have to make the money back somehow. Yeah. So guess what? The product the product that you're selling goes up. Guess what stays the same? The quotas that you have to hit. So as a as a supervisor, as a regional supervisor, it's tough to keep morale up when. First of all, cost of living is high enough as it is in, in the area. Yeah. And they, they still expect you to hit your goals. I felt like I was going insane, bro. I mean, it's sales. When it's good, it's good. When it's not, it's... It's really bad. It's really fucking no, bad. It got to the point where I said, you know what? That's it, man. I'm done. I'm done with this company. I'm... I'm ready to move back, back to SoCal. And I didn't know what I was going to do, man. This is the, this sales job that I've had is all I've known for the past eight years. Yeah. What the fuck? And mind you, the game is the only thing that's keeping me sane. And I'm still losing to people. I'm losing to to Roundhouse on PS3. I'm losing to, you know, like this is the only good thing that I have. I get second place at Evo. Like, I'm just, uh, I'm having a hard time keeping it all together. Right, right. So I make the call. I say, it's time, dude. I need to regroup as a player. I need to regroup as a person. I pick up the phone and I tell my boss, hey, uh, I'm done. Here's my two weeks. 
Oh, so you did give him a two weeks. Okay. Yeah, here's my two weeks. That's it. I'm done. I moved back to SoCal. Okay. Did a couple of side gigs here and there. It's kind of regroup a little bit. Yeah. 2018 is when I start my new career. Shout outs to my brother for um, helping me out with this um, DHS contract position. It was time. It was it was a lifestyle change, more more active, different different field, um, and it helped me kind of regroup and and put my mentality back to what matters, which was my family, which was my girlfriend, my wife now, and I can say that it was the best decision that I could have made at the time, yeah, because now the relationship that I have with my parents has never been better. The relationship that I have with my siblings up until this time, 2018, maybe 2019, was rocky as fuck. Yeah. So you're talking about four years of peace and somewhat tranquility compared to the years before where we were at each other's throats and and there was friction and drama and shit like that. Yeah. And now we're at a place where we've never been better, man. I'm, I'm super grateful for that. And I feel like that wouldn't have came about had I stayed up there in NorCal. Yeah. Now, was it an experience that could have been avoided? Well, yeah. I didn't have to take the promotion, right? Right. But had I not gone through that experience, I wouldn't be here where I'm at today as a person. Builds character, bro. Yeah. So enough enough with the personal shit. So 2018, Chaos is back. He's back in SoCal. But this time it's a little different. Okay? Losing to Sanford made me have to make adjustments again. So now I feel like I'm at a point where I have an answer to everything. Even the only thing that I haven't figured out is what to do against MSP. At the time. Now it's a totally different story. You can pick MSP on me all fucking day. Yeah. And I'll wreck that shit. Yeah. I own that team now. Yeah. It's not not fucking with me anymore. Any MSP. Yep. But at this point, 2018, I'm still fixing a few things, okay? There are no challengers. 2018, everybody is fucking MIA. Nobody's nobody wants to play against me. Nobody's I mean money matches are non existent at this at this time. I remember that year. Yeah. It's it, it's non existent at this time. And I have a new career, I have a new mindset. I'm feeling good, I'm losing weight. Okay, the weight's coming off. I'm still not moving on to any other games. I think I gave uh, uh, Marvel Infinite a try. Oh God. Okay, yeah. so so Marvel Three had a sequel called Mar- Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. I bought it at GameStop, and I returned it the following day. I think I did like two trials, yeah. and I said, "Fuck this, dude!" I took it back to GameStop. I'm like, "Here, give me back my money." Nothing happened. Evo uh, 2018. Um, 2019 is 
the year that I had arguably my best year in Marvel 2. If I would have ended my, if I would have stopped playing, 2019 would have been the year where I would have just been content with what I what I had accomplished. And running off into the sunset. Yeah. You had a this was the year where I demolished every single, every single person that came my way, whether it was West Coast, whether it was East Coast. Nobody, nobody was touching me. And that's something that I'm going to have to save for the next episode because we're going to get into there's a lot. There's a (laughs) lot to go there. And I don't want to leave you guys hanging, but unfortunately, we're out of time here. Um, I did want to cover a few things before we uh, we let you guys go. We usually have a uh, we usually have a portion of the show at this point called the run back. Where we talk about matches that we want to. you know, if the player wants to, you know, loss a loss that you want to avenge or correct. And for me, since the episode is about me, I think that there is no run back for me because I've wronged. I'm sorry, I've I've corrected every single loss that I've ever had. Yeah. In some way, shape, or form. Wes, I felt like I corrected it over the years Neil the same thing with Neil Um, reset we recently ran a couple sets and I made it a point to beat him with MSS not using any anti-air assist because reset's active now (laughs) he's an active player now yes he is and uh, so is um, Mr. Pasadena too I made sure I corrected that Uh, Sanford Justin Wong will leave for the next episode. Like I said, okay. we got a lot of juicy bets coming. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned, guys. Yeah. There's nobody right now. And you can say, oh, well, nobody plays anymore. Uh, right now in this in this present time, as long as my fucking stick is working, <laughs> nobody's fucking with me in this game, dude. Nobody. And you know what the what the best part is? Is that now I have an anti-air team, which means that MSP doesn't work anymore. It does all goes out the window. It all goes out the window. So, what do you do after this? What do you do, man? The only thing I have to look forward to now is evolution in August. I still have to see what the format is, if it's two out of three or three out of five. Yeah. But maybe it's the fact that the tournament is coming up, but I feel that I feel that old chaotic one yeah. energy that's just kind of like waiting to Come push out. Yeah. But that's only because I know that the competition is, is what lies ahead. Yeah. Anything, we, can, anything could happen, though. Do we have any info on the tournament organizer yet or no? Uh, Joshua Brown is the guy that's that's running it. Okay. Um, we're pushing for it to be on Saturday, not Friday. Yeah. Because c- you know most people have the weekends off. Yeah, people usually fly in like, like Friday, Friday night evening. or Saturday morning or something yeah. like that. So we're trying to push for Saturday, but that's all up in the air. Yeah. As far as ind- individual sets, uh, nothing's set in stone for me. Nobody wants it, bro. Nobody wants it unless it's a handicap match. 
I have to use certain characters. I have to uh, give up some kind of game. Give up games, you know, give you a five game lead or some shit like that. Yeah. Some kind of stipulation. Yeah, some kind of yeah, some kind of stip. So we'll see what happens, man. Um, aside from that, I did want to let you guys know that my good buddy Mike Chaos. <laughs> The voice of the voiceless. He's Infamous. gearing. He's gearing for a return. Okay. This Mike guy. Chaos is coming back. Y'all be ready. <laughs> <laughs> he's coming back, man. The infamous mouth on the microphone is coming back, and he specifically wants a piece of Andy Doom, and he wants a piece of Roundhouse. Oh. Of course, it's, it's tough for him to be on social media because uh, he has no filter, and it's it's... <laughs> Easy as one, two, three to get banned from there now. Unfortunately, yes. But he's uh, he's putting in work, guys. He's he's built a stick from scratch. You know, oh, he's that's he's, awesome. he's had somebody in- engineer a, a fight fight case for him. Yeah, he's put the buttons in. It's it's to his liking, and he's starting to train with people. So uh, before you know it, he's going to come around and make those challenges. So just be ready. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so hype. <laughs> Aside from that, guys, uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you for your likes, your subscri- su- subscribing to the channel. And I hope to see you guys at Evolution. I'm going to put the link in the description below. I'm going to put uh, Ivan's social uh, social media info in the description below. Make sure you shoot him a like and a follow. And if you guys have any questions... Hit me in the in the the comments. I know Ivan had something that he wants to wanted to include in there. Yeah. So um, for you guys in the audience, uh, I would love to hear back from you guys and um, comment your top three Evo moments that you guys have witnessed over the years. Whatever the case may be, favorite matches, you know, runbacks, hype moments. We want to hear it and uh, love to hear the feedback from you guys. So and be sure to follow us on YouTube and. Uh, like I said, thank you all for the support. Um, can't wait to do this again with you guys. All right, guys. So I'm going to put the origins story, the next part, uh, which we're obviously going to wrap up. I'm probably going to wait an episode or two before we wrap this up because I have a lot to say regarding the year 2019. But I want to get a couple of guests in here to kind of give their bits and pieces of Marvel history. I know you guys have been feeding for a few names out there. So if you have anybody that you want to see on here, comment throw it up in the comments and we'll do our best to make that happen for you guys once again thank you for listening and for my active community step your shit up guys because come evil i'm not fucking around anymore evil's right around the corner my shit's going to be working it's going to be wired it's going to be ready i'm going to take this tournament that's fucking crazy man Try to stop me. We do. You know what I say, bro? Step up or step aside. Yep. And that's it. All right, guys. Can't wait to see it, man. Take care. Stay safe. We love you guys. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one.